Hello there. Hey. Welcome. No. Smelcom. Smelcom to the show. This is Unspoken Request. Unspoken Requests. Unspoken Requests. I've done that every time. Every time Jared and I talk well, about the show. Well, it's the first show. I keep, I keep doing it wrong. Yeah, I'm gonna have to like, uh, do a, like a mantra where I just say the name of the show over and over again. The name of the show is Unspoken Requests. This is the first episode. Thanks for joining us. My name is Jared Cheek, and this is... I'm Mike Adams. That is <laughs> Mike Adams. <laughs> that thing. This Yeah, this is a new venture for us. Um, radio show. That's what it is. And it starts now, and it's going to go on for the rest of our lives, every two weeks. That's right. So thanks for joining us for our inaugural show. And we've got big plans. We've got big time. We've got Daddy. a whole. We didn't get any of it together for today, of course. <laughs> the first show. Well, we got to spread things out for our entire lives. Yeah, that's true. Actually, that's not true. We do have something put together for uh, later today, the second half of the show. We do. It's on its. It's on its way from Ohio right now, mm-hmm. or from Pennsylvania. We'll spill the beans on that a little bit later. Yeah. Um. For now. We can tell you a lot of things. We can tell you that we just played a block of Glen Campbell tunes in memory of uh, the legendary Glen Campbell who passed away just uh, a few weeks ago. 81 years old. Jared, I'm sure you did, but did you see the um, Glen Campbell documentary about his final tour? I never actually watched it. Oh, you did crazy? Yeah, it is I crazy. Started, I started to a couple times and... I figured I'd get around to it. You, do you remember the name of it? I can't remember the name. I'll Be Me. I'll Be Me? Yeah. God, it's good. Uh, we watched it one night here at home, and uh, it was a, a tearjerker. You learn a lot about Glenn Campbell, about his life, and about like the amazing stuff he was a part of and accomplished. And then you just see him and his family as he you know, deals with uh, declining health through uh, Alzheimer's disease crazy thing but he d- he did so much i mean hit record after hit record he played in the wrecking crew have you seen the wrecking crew documentary have not seen it jared i know i'm <laughs> way behind on my rock docs <laughs> i saw glenn campbell in person you did six years ago really yeah i don't remember you telling me about that 2011 uh where was it uh with jimmy webb oh with jimmy webb jimmy webb opened glenn campbell uh Headlined, I guess. Um, in Carmel, Indiana. Wow. Yeah. It was the week before his Alzheimer's diagnosis was made public. Oh, I do remember yeah. you talking about this because you were you were saying how it was like he seemed good, little, but it seemed weird. Little, yeah. Like he was, I thought, I feel bad about it now, but I thought he was uh, drinking too much alcohol that night, <laughs> forgetting things. Turns out, I was wrong. Yeah, you were wrong big time. <laughs> Anyway, it was still a great show. Yeah, I mean, I never saw him live. That's for sure. I wish I could. Uh, But he's got so many great tunes. Um, Speaking of tunes, we're going to play lots of great tunes on this new radio show (laughs) called Unspoken Requests. That's right. Unspoken Requests. That's right. Um, Why do we call it that, Mike? Oh, should we talk about the name of the show? Sure. It might be confusing. Yeah. Unspoken Requests. We went well. We went through many names. My, the runner-up, the best runner-up for the show was um, since we're on late in the evening, yeah, or after early mid, in the morning, after midnight, depending morning. on how your yeah. day goes. We're either late in the evening or early in the morning, so we thought we'd do like a morning type show, you know, a morning zoo type thing. Um, oh, stop, you guys! You guys are bad. <laughs> Stuff like that. Yeah, we'd get some sound effects and do all that. Yeah, um, and we could call it. Uh, Jared in the morning at night with Mike, which I still really like a lot. Yeah, maybe we'll have to have a switch. Yeah, back to that, or or do a theme episode where we do a morning zoo themed episode at night. At night, and we call it that for just one time. Yeah, we could, but that'll be down the road after we uh, learn what we're doing. Uh, otherwise, so what we're gonna do on the show? Is oh, play- we, we you, uh, you're getting don't away- interrupt me. <laughs> You're getting away from the name. We didn't talk about the name. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I mean... So, f- well... Okay. Go ahead. So, for those of you who didn't grow up in um, Pentecostal-adjacent religions, 
like Jared and I did. Uh, you might never have heard that term before, unspoken requests. Can I see a show of hands for those who have heard of unspoken requests before? Okay, I see those hands. Now, there's another joke. <laughs> if you get those jokes, you're going to fit in very well here. If not, Jared is going to explain to you right now what an unspoken request is. Well, it's just if you have something heavy on your heart, but you don't want to say it out loud to the whole con- congregation. Just raise your hand, saying you have an unspoken request. And maybe you have an unspoken request right now in the form of a, a song request, but you, you're too shy to, to call us up and tell us. Well, we, we know what you want to hear. <laughs> we have it all laid out, and we're going to play these songs for you for the rest of our lives every two weeks here on Unspoken Requests. And we're happy you're here. So when, Jared, at your church uh, growing up, which was what kind of church? Assemblies of God. Assemblies of God. Pentecostal. Uh, when Ish. when would yeah. they call for unspoken requests? Oh, after the singing. After the praise and worship singing. At my uh, Southern Baptist church, we'd do it right uh, in the middle of the congregational singing. Oh, okay. It'd be like a few songs, and then there'd be... Uh, it became this sort of... Um, Right before we said a prayer, maybe before the offering, you know? Mm-hmm. But it became this thing of like, does anyone have an unspoken request? And then all these hands go up and it's like, okay, moving on. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, it's like, yeah, of course, everyone does. Yeah. Everyone's got things that are too embarrassing to say. It's like, or getting, a, it's they like getting, just, a, getting a quorum to move forward in the meeting. <laughs> it's like, yep. That's right. Yeah. All those in favor? Aye. So anyway, that, if you don't know, that's what an unspoken request is. It's a, it's a typically a prayer request that you're too ashamed and embarrassed, yeah. or you don't want to waste the time of the churchgoers by actually verbalizing your prayer request. And we want that to be the case with music on this show. We don't want you to bother us with <laughs> requests of songs that you want to hear. But we'll also play the songs you're too embarrassing. You're too embarrassed to request. That's right. We're going to play all your guilty pleasures. And we also want you to feel a part of this. So you can let us know. That would be a great thing to do, actually. If you want to go on Twitter right now and go... uh, Which handle do you want for you, Jared? Jared has a Twitter handle. I'm on Twitter. My name is RealJaredCheek. R-E-A-L-J-A-R-E-D-C-H-E-E-K. Okay, so you can tweet at Real Jared Cheek or at M-I-C... What is my Twitter handle? M-I-C-D-A-D-A-M. Mick Dad Am. Mick Dadam. Tweet at us right now just if you have a request, but don't tell us what it is. Let's keep it an unspoken request. So just let us know. Tweet at us right now. I have a request or some form of that, and we will... Take that into consideration, but don't tell us the name of the request, and we'll keep that in consideration as we move forward with the show, and we'll try to play what you are wanting, but there are no promises being made. You know, if you have enough faith, we'll play the songs that you want to hear, but that's a, that's another episode. Mike, it's summertime. It is summertime. How's your summer been? It's been good. Um, I've been working a lot. I'm a parent, so I've been, uh, you know, kids don't have school in the summertime. Mm-hmm. So I've been doing a lot of kids stuff all summer long. What about you? No kids. <laughs> what have you been doing all summer? Oh, whatever I want. Dang. I don't have kids, man. That must be nice. Yeah, it's cool. Hey, speaking of summer. Yeah. Maybe we should play a song about summer. You got some summer songs? Yeah. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll play some summer music for you, and then we'll be back in uh, just a little while to talk some more. Here's "Happy Summer Days" by Ronnie Dove. All right, that was Chris Stamey with the summer sun. Before that. We heard Days of Happiness by Delta Haymax. And right before that, to start off that summertime rock block was Happy Summer Days by Ronnie Dove. 
so speaking of the end of summer, Jared and I live in Bloomington, Indiana. If you didn't know that, that's where we are recording this show right now. Uh, there was a soft opening recently. Not a soft opening. They're open, but they did it. They they did a smart thing if they could afford it, and opened a new restaurant downtown in the summertime, which seems risky to me. I don't know. Yeah, it's slow, but there's a new Mexican restaurant downtown. Wait, New Mexican? The <laughs> it's strictly New Mexican cuisine. Like the the food from the state. The food from Las Cruces and Albuquerque. Okay. Um, I think. I knew. I, I could maybe be wrong. Might, I could maybe, be wrong. I'm thinking about this. maybe you misheard things, and maybe it's actually a new restaurant that is serves Mexican cuisine. So it's a new Mexican restaurant, not a new Mexican oh, restaurant. I see. That would explain why the food was so familiar to me. Because you're more familiar with Mexican than food. New, than new Mexican food. Than Although the, you know, the yeah. one time I've been to New Mexico, uh-huh. I ate at a Mexican restaurant. That's funny, that funny because uh, I had the. Coincidentally, I had the same experience. <laughs> wow! Yeah. Wow! What a small been, world. It may have been because I was with you, but oh, you never no. know. I, I'd like to take that back and say I've done that twice. Oh, I was thinking of a time that I was not with you. Oh. I forgot that I had been to New Mexico with you and had dinner there. My only time in New Mexico, and it was with you. Oh well, that was a special? nice dinner. I enjoyed that restaurant a lot. Yeah. Should we say the name, or is that free advertising? I think we're far. I don't know the name of it. So. Oh, I do. It's El Rey Azteca, and it's on oh, East 3rd Street. Oh, you mean Street. the one here in Bloomington, not in oh, New Mexico. Like I said, I've forgotten all about that. But Jared and I were at El Rey Azteca the other night, and a couple things happened. One, we were they were so friendly to us there. Um, they came and offered us um, samples of horchata, which is so good, and agua fresca that they make in-house which is some kind of fresh water i don't know (laughs) what it means what those what what the idea is but i know that that's some kind of like fresh water so it was not salty i can tell you that but anyway they brought us some samples and when they brought the samples to us there was horchata which we were all relatively familiar with we tried that it was great then he goes the waiter who was so kind he said uh this is uh, Agua Jamaica. And we were like, what exotic fruit is Jamaica? It looked... What, uh, can you describe, Jared, uh, the look of the Agua Jamaica? It's like a little... Most uh, little communion cups of grape juice. Yeah, it was fruity looking. Yeah. It was like reddish, like a deep red... Not like, quite wine Like colored, if you take but... 100% Welch's grape juice mixed with um, a, f- a berry blend Fruitopia, <laughs> that's the color. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so the Agua Jamaica, we all tried it and it was good. And then someone said, someone in our party said, uh, what's Jamaica? Like, we want to know, what is this? You know, I thought it was like, what's the, um, there's like star fruit and there's another one that's a bubble tea, like the Chinese fruit bubble tea. What's the one I'm thinking of? Star fruit? No, there's another one. So he said? Yeah, um, but there's another one that I can't think of the name of. Passion fruit? No, it's something unfamiliar to me. <laughs> I don't know, Mike. Yeah, I thought maybe you would know. <laughs> anyway. You know, my dad was a produce manager growing up. Can we give him a call? So we could get him on the line. Maybe next time. Maybe next time. Uh, so we've got this Jamaica. Someone's asked, what is it? And the guy is kind of like, um, you know, and we're expecting him to describe some otherworldly. Oh, we also learned through this conversation that the owners and the people that work there are from Brazil. So we were expecting to hear about this South American exotic fruit, some, some kind of foreign fruit to us with big seeds in it that you got to wring out like a, like a shop towel, you know? Uh, and we're like to, to get this sweet nectar, you know? Yeah. And, uh, so we're like, what is Jamaica? And he says, you know, like Bob Marley, Bob Marley, Jamaica. And we're like, what? And one of our friends goes, Yamaka, <laughs> which was way wrong. <laughs> uh, boy, boy, are we dumb. <laughs> and then he's like, no, 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 no. Like where Bob Marley is from, Jamaica. Jamaica. And then it dawned on us. He's saying Jamaica. Jamaica's not the name of a fruit. No, I know, but I thought he was just saying, this is what we call this. 
Like it's just named oh, this. Oh, gotcha. All right. I assume. I think we should move thing. on from this. <laughs> the point is, we were there. Yeah. And okay. Then what happened? Yeah. Like, this isn't even the story I'm trying yeah. to tell. Even there's not much of a story other than we have something to show you, and that is while we were there, uh, there was a song playing on the radio that Jared and I had never heard before. And we both kind of at the same time looked at each other. Which said, is odd because we had thought we'd heard every song. <laughs> we thought we had heard it on demand. <laughs> this song is playing on the radio. Jared turns to me, or I turn to him, and it's like, hey, this is pretty good. And then we're both like, but it kind of sounds like what a fool believes. Which is also good. Also good. So anyway, that all goes, We I have Siri listen to it and tell us what it is, and then we forget all about it. Then I looked it up later, and we brought it here today. And now we want you to tell us what you think of it. And we're going to play it for you right now. Here's another thing that I don't know how to pronounce. And that is the name of this song. Rita Lee is the performer. From what I understand, understand she was in Os Mutantes at one time. Here is her song. I don't know how to pronounce it, so I'm not even going to try. There is a character in this name that I am unfamiliar with. So I don't even know what sound it makes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So we're going to bring Let's it to you now. Leave this as an unspoken request. This is an unspoken request from El Rey Azteca. Here we go. All right, welcome back to Unspoken Requests. That was Una Cellula by Franco Battiato. Before that, we heard... Oh, before that was Adamo with, you know, he's, um, I'm going to get this wrong. He's, he's like Belgian and sings in French, English, Spanish, and German, I think. And I don't know which of those languages this song title is in. Hmm. I couldn't, it's, uh, it, that's a problem with, uh, playing these amazing, uh, foreign tunes sometimes is that I don't know how to pronounce them. But uh, we'll put a list. We have a playlist that we're going to publish. Maybe you could take one of those correspondence courses. Well, I studied Spanish in... Well, okay, so the name of the record is Ademen Sur la Luna. Ademen Sur la Luna. Also the title track of the record, and it's great. Hmm. Highly recommend that one. But we will publish a playlist so you can look... So you don't have to use our boneheaded fat tongues to try to understand what these songs are. You can look them up if you're into these numbers, these unspoken requests. And as we mentioned before that, no, we haven't mentioned this, but before that, we heard the Spanish version of the main theme song to He-Man and the Masters of the Universe by Memo Aguirre, was the singer on the Spanish verse of that. Did you tune. study a foreign language in school, Jared? No, that's <laughs> Spanish for no. I just took I took four years of Latin Latin in high school. Uh-huh. Uh, I had to retake Spanish in college uh, because I there, a couple times or I retook it once because I did not pass the first time. Not good. Oh, you only had one semester of a well requirement. No, I had to take two. I I had to take one of them over. I forget which one. Oh, okay. But yeah, I am dumb. <laughs> <laughs> Guess you're dumb. Surprised you didn't know that. Uh, so, as done. we mentioned earlier on in the show, uh, we do have a special uh, upcoming surprise for the second half of the show. It looks like if all if every if all the stars align and it's looking good so far, scheduling wise, we're going to have a special guest on the show for an interview, and that special guest is one Jason Hen of the popular rock band Honey Radar. He's going to be in the studio with us, hopefully to talk about what's going on with his band, life in general, and all that kind of thing. Jared's working it out now. He's been on the phone with Jason all day. trying he, to. He's, they're making a stop soon for a Royal Feast pizza at Pizza King. Are they really? Yeah, oh, I don't that's know. Great. I'm guessing maybe Richmond? Months? I don't know where they're planning on getting this pizza. Yeah. But yeah, it'll be nice to have him here in the studio for the second half of Unspoken Requests. Blank Cartoon is the new Honey Radar record. I really think you ought to check it out. 
If you if you're a Bloomington head, then uh, you'll know Jason from um, playing drums for many years with Elephant Micah, uh, who was a Bloomington guy for a very long time and has many great albums featuring Jason on drums. So there's a little connection back home for you. Yeah. So uh, runs the record label that reissued some uh, classic Indiana records. Uh, there's the Hoi Polloi record um, on folk evaluation. Which you know, knows. I didn't even know that. Oh, well, yeah. we can talk about it. I can't wait to learn that from him. And I'll look like a real dope then. <laughs> They've also released... Um, Twilight Nuages. I don't know if I've said that name right. Which is Connecticut. But plenty to talk to him about that record label, his band, his bands, all kinds of stuff like that. You know, we could play some of his music right now. Do you want to go ahead with a a Honey Radar song? Yeah. That sounds great. Let's do it. Here's Honey Radar with what song, Jared? Milkmaid. Here on Unspoken Requests. With Jared and Mike. Alright, welcome back to Unspoken Requests with Jared and Mike. That was Scott and Charlene's wedding with Scrambled Eggs. For that, we heard French Disco by the Great Stereo Lab. Coming up next, we're going to play some more songs, and then we will be joined by Jason Hinn from Honey Radar. Next up, we're going to hear Hanging Around by Jack Nietzsche. And after that, what are we going to hear, Mike? We're going to hear from a great, mysterious French band called Gloria. We're going to play their new single, Beam Me Up. All right, but first here's Hanging Around by Jack Nietzsche. All right, welcome back to Unspoken Requests with Jared and Mike. During the break, our special guest magically arrived here in the studio. Please welcome Jason Hinn. All right. We can insert some thunderous applause here. <laughs> yeah, that'll be great. I was expecting some. <laughs> I was going to make a noise, but I can't welcome yeah. myself. Yeah, you right. don't want to do that. That might be strange. Uh, Jason, thanks for being here. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, Jason made it into this in our little studio space right here in Bloomington. Uh, you're in town on tour, is that correct? Right, we're just doing like a five-day weekend. Oh, of. cool. Yeah. Where are those shows? We... Um, played in Cleveland last night at the Happy Dog, which I've heard you played. Yeah, the and place we saw, is great. Um, while we were there, Amy O was still written on the sandwich board. Oh, funny! <laughs> so she's been there recently. They named a sandwich after her. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and then we drove through Dayton on the way here mm-hmm. and, and played at their NPR station WYSO. Oh, cool! This afternoon, which was really fun, and uh, we're playing the Block House tonight in bloomington we're going to the empty bottle tomorrow and then back through dayton to play an end store at omega oh music. great cool that sounds like a fun weekend yeah do you guys do a lot of uh weekend stuff mostly i have a yeah. desk job and i have all right time off so i like i that's what i can do is long weekends yeah at the moment do you have any uh idea how much of that you're doing like in a year I think I've used all my vacation time for touring. I don't know. Okay. This year, I think I have two vacation days left. Okay. Still summer. <laughs> that's that's originally why the the Beatles stopped. They ran out of <laughs> vacation days. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't necessarily want to get real heavy real fast, but since you mentioned your day job, uh-huh. uh huh. I'm kind of curious. You and I have known each other for a little while mm-hmm. and uh, played some shows together. And we definitely have a lot of mutual friends and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I feel like we somewhat exist in a similar... I also have a day job. Yeah. And I'm touring whenever I can have vacation days. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I'm kind of wondering about your sort of take on what what role does Honey Radar play for you as someone with a day job as well, and what's it look like for that to be sort of successful? Does that is that question make sense? Yeah, sure. I mean, it takes up a lot of my uh, brain space. Even at work, you know, <laughs> like I like do booking and stuff on my lunch break and, and things like that. So there's like, they kind of collide with each other sometimes. I don't know. I, um, I, um, within the past year or so, we have had, um, you know, some people at booking agencies get in touch and ask what's up. And I, told them my situation and I, you know it's something i think about like i it's a problem i'm trying to solve or like trying to understand how to continue to play shows and you know i, I don't have i'm not sure is that no totally is it the kind of thing where um you said agents have contacted you and stuff like that yeah not anything too heavy just it's just uh it so when you become a pot a, a, a more of a possibility than it was before yeah so i guess that's a good way of putting it possibilities like does that feel when someone contacts you like that does it feel like that's a big carrot dangling in front of you or is it kind of for you like well that's not possible i got this job it's like i didn't feel too bad about it other people's reactions made me feel kind of (laughs) like like you were doing it wrong or (laughs) feeling wrong yeah maybe (laughs) (laughs) i'm um I, i don't know it's like if you were uh wanted to be a serious writer or something and it was like you were this pretentious like you were writing novels you know and then like one of your friends had a a blog and they're like yeah this like you know i this publisher got in touch and there they saw my blog and i don't know i'm thinking <laughs> like maybe i'll do i don't know if i'm gonna do and the, the other you know like your friend would yeah. just be like fuming at you right <laughs> i feel i've sort of no i like, think that's a good <laughs> allegory right yeah you said, I guess you said you're in the midst of figuring it out, but how do you then, okay, something like that comes along. How Mm -hmm. do you then make plans for honey radar going forward? Like, do you try to disregard that stuff and just think about it? Um, artistically maybe, maybe that's not even the right word. Or is it more like you're trying to lean into that stuff as you plan what to do with the band? I, I've just been continuing to book shows like normal, I, which I assume you, you're doing the same thing, yeah. right? Um, I'm asking all these questions because these are the things that I struggle yeah. with myself, so, <laughs> right. and I well, want to know what you're doing because we I want to about this yeah. uh, at dinner last time we played together, yeah. right? Yeah, a little bit. Um, I really don't know. Yeah, no, I understand. <laughs> I, like I said, I'm asking very selfishly a lot of this stuff. I don't know how entertaining this is going to be for anyone to. Oh, hear. if it's if they're like me, they're going to be glued to it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> do you do you um like uh, I don't know? Listen to like Marin or, or like listen to comedians talk and think about running an indie rock band. Like, uh, do you do you hear any, any get any l- oh. lessons from people who are working in other areas creatively? I get how they so direct their careers. Comedy in Bloomington is doing really well right now. And uh, it's tough when the guy at the comedy club says, why are you guys playing for a hundred dollars a night or whatever? When I've got these comedians who are just coming up getting a grand. Don't have to carry you know? amps inside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause the, the structure is so totally different for a comedy show versus, you know, a rock show. Um, and I wonder about that myself. Like, I look at that and think, not even the the big guys, because like I said, we're so close to this, like, up-and-coming scene here, mm-hmm. comedically, that it just, it, it's so formal. And it makes me a little bit jealous of the formality and that you can, because of the formality, people are expected to behave a certain way at the show and pay a certain amount to get into the show. Mm-hmm. And I like that, but then when I think about it too hard, it's like... But I don't know if I actually want that because the whole thing about me being in this band or doing this rock and roll thing is because I want to escape 
boundaries to an extent. Wow, yeah. Yeah, I know exactly what you're saying. Yeah. I I kind of enjoy, like, um, I mean, I, I'm enjoying the, the place we're at um, lately, and I, I still like for things to be kind of um, sloppy and, <laughs> and loose, you know, like, uh, to, uh, you know, like the structure of every, like, uh, touring in the van and playing clubs and not making money necessarily. It's like, I, I don't know. Last time I saw you guys in Indianapolis, I was very impressed by how it seemed like everyone was up there because they were having a good time. And it felt really loose in that good way, mm-hmm. like free. Right. And I was very impressed by that. Yeah, this is sort of like a, this is the thing I do for fun. Um, it would be a big decision to turn it into a, a business. Yeah. Yeah, like a straight up business. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. What were we and talking about right business, before that? I mean like a very, like a, like a, not a, not a, not brand yeah is the wrong <laughs> word, but like a yeah. pizza shop yeah <laughs> yeah totally i don't know well what kind of pizza shop would you run jason i'm just thinking like yeah funny radar was a pizza shop what would it be like i think it would be like uh the like the pizza king in cambridge city that probably shouldn't be open <laughs> you know like not the nice claras in richmond but like the you know, yeah. and then I think that when you say brand, when you talk about like developing a band into like a real functioning business, that would be like a Pizza Hut. And we're not even thinking about Pizza Hut. We're, we're kind I've, of. I've eaten at that Pizza King with my entire family. You, <laughs> you, like, your whole, that was family dinner. We had to a family reunion <laughs> at that Pizza King in Cambridge City. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, maybe I should ask about your guys' relationship a little bit, if that's okay. Sure. Oh, and can you share the mic too, if, Billy? If you have something to say, that'd be great. Um, so, Billy Steins, hello, and Jason Hen, Honey Radar. Uh, how do you guys? You're you're in cahoots a little bit. I don't want to spill the beans. I want to let you say speak for yourselves. So, how are you guys connected? How long have you known each other? Since 1994. Well, yeah, like very beginning of '94, right? Yeah, I I was 13. And I won't say my age. I was seven. (laughs) (laughs) I was, I was a a volunteer at the public radio station in Richmond, which was housed in the college that Billy was going to. So, um, we we met through there, and there was like a little club in the basement with the radio station too. It was where like the DIY shows at the college happened, and I was starting to meet, you know, these cool college age people that seemed like 50 year olds to me at the time <laughs> right <laughs> you were 13 yeah um yeah. i don't know i just got um the idea to ask if i could do off-air work and the uh, um the manager luke was like you know we looked it up and there's no like age requirement my my long-term goal was to like do off-air work until i was 18 i assumed you'd have or 16 like a driver's license or something and they're like there's actually no age limit so or minimum so or i had a license um that summer wow to do shows yeah and billy what were you doing over there you worked at the racks in richmond right (laughs) (laughs) i used to hang out there a lot um uh yeah i was working at the radio station as a first year at the college and um I was I was from Richmond, same as Jason, um, but I went to the college and lived on campus. Um, and I had an off-campus job, so I was sort of in a weird spot. I wasn't like a typical first-year student. And uh, so I, I used to spend a lot, probably an unhealthy amount of time in the basement there at the radio station. Um, so Jason would be there often with his friend Andy <laughs> Stout. Um, and we can go into that and your your musical journey there sure. if you want to but yeah I, I was always down there and jason would come and he was always hilarious and he very quickly went from being like super into the oldie show and like the monkeys to i mean seriously probably by that fall he he was like hey have, have you heard craft work or <laughs> uh 
this is my favorite fall record and it was just totally beyond anything that because you know 1994 was pretty much pre-internet certainly pre-world wide web that most people were available or had access to and so jason was just combing through the catalog that we had there at the station just picking everything and open-minded about everything whereas you know in the mid 90s there everybody was being catered to in college radio by sort of mtv buzzbin stuff but jason's mind was totally wide open and um on top of being just kind of a hilarious kid um, who would do these funny promo things i showed him how to use some some parts of the production studio mm-hmm. and uh Jason would just show up with these promos for shows, or <laughs> promos for the radio station that were pretty hilarious. And uh, involved a lot of like wedding, like uh, teenage humor, like okay. uh huh, wedding myself or something. <laughs> yeah, no, there was there was. I could actually, I think I have it on mini disc somewhere. I could probably forward it to. If you, you could send it to us, would we will play it right now. By that, I um, would, but you, I can't stop you. We'll, from we'll cut it. <laughs> That's right. Uh, not yeah, you can't legally stop me. If but no, it was just. <laughs> so Billy, did I you let it speak for itself? Yeah. Did you have the label going at that time, or did that come much later? No, um, the label came. It started in two thousand four. Oh, okay. But it's something Jason and I had been talking about for quite a few years before then. The first um, third uncle release was Elephant Micah seven inch. Yeah. Right. So. Oh yeah, great. We actually, when we were talking about earlier in the show that we were having you on we mentioned that you played with alpha micah a little bit were you on that seven inch or was that yeah okay great yeah Yeah, jason pretty much enabled that um for years before that jason had been sort of releasing kind of um diy cdr and tape like some tape releases were really limited like there are a couple of copies of and I have like one of some that there are like two copies of. I used to um, <laughs> record direct on, like I would consign the master tape and then go back and get it if so, if nobody bought it. <laughs> it's side one. Okay. Yeah, it's side one records. And wow. Yeah. Do you do you have most of that stuff still? I, yeah. Yeah. No one bought anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's why. I mean, to jump forward a little bit, I I was a little bit shocked when people started super getting into honey radar because um i I don't have any critical distance in terms of what's good or not because i like everything jason's done since forever like he would hand me tapes i remember one time he handed me uh, his band in high school is called students and he handed me the tape or maybe it was andy who handed it to me anyway he's been giving me tapes for years and years and years and i've loved it all um but just assumed it was just kind of almost like a private thing um and when people started really getting into it, you know, we started doing very small edition, like lathe cut records. And, um, like some of them are like 10, 20 copies mm-hmm. and which is like a normal size run. I, so for us, yeah. What was, was there one in particular that started to get more attention? Do you notice? I think when we put out the release, LP, the LP, um, right? Yeah. Okay. Which we actually pressed like, um, it was, this is a big run for us. It was 250 copies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's that's probably when people started paying more attention after Dynamite Hemorrhage took a, uh, took notice, right? Right. Like, um, well, we had we had done a tape or a um, seven inch in tape called Mary Plum Musket and that got mm-hmm. reviewed in a couple places, and then yeah, I guess that the LP got reviewed in Dynamite Hemorrhage Zine and. It was record of the day on WFMU, which was shocking to us, I think. And then, then uh, um, you know, some labels and and uh, other people started getting in touch. Then, like fall of 2014, I guess. Do you have any idea how those people initially got a hold of it? Were you like sending it to people, Billy, or no. any no. ideas? Yeah. Jay, <laughs> no. uh, Jay, who does Dynamite Hemorrhage, just was cruising band camp. Um, I sent a copy to Doug Moserock, who does Still Single mm-hmm. blog, and he showed it to Kevin at What's Your Rupture, which is how Blank Cartoon ended up on What's Your Rupture is because they know each other. And there were a couple other threads like that, but they all just sort of happened. Like a bunch of separate connections like that all happened simultaneously and had kind of a cumulative uh, effect, I guess. Yeah, all kind of lined up at once. Well, it would be weird because you could tell 
conversations are happening. It's not like there are loads of orders coming into the label. So when you get like four orders from Minnesota one day, you're just like, <laughs> mm. well, that's probably not a coincidence, right? Like yeah. four people just ordered this record from. And didn't you say like somebody sent you a picture of a Honey Radar sticker that was like on a bike rack in, in Minnesota? Milwaukee. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it was in Milwaukee. Okay. Yeah. But somewhere totally that we don't know anyone that had to have come from just us sending the record and sending stickers. Because how else would it exist? You've never played a show there, right? Right. No. So. So, uh, aside from you know getting some random calls and emails and things. Mm-hmm. Have you noticed a change since that happened for, for like, either attendance at shows or you've sold more records, it sounds like. Um, has, has there been anything else that has signified in your mind that more people are listening? or? Um, like, well, we just played the show last night in Cleveland, and I looked at the Facebook event just to check in on it, and the person who organized the show had pulled all this, all these quotes and things like they he was a big fan of the group and this is why he wanted us to play right um and he, i don't know he had pulled reviews and stuff that i hadn't even seen or it was just kind of in, i i will occasionally like a handful of times a year meet someone who is like uh um really into it and i you know in my day-to-day life i have no idea that that's happening so it, it's kind of sh- uh, surprising yeah. it doesn't happen a ton i don't mean to suggest that it happens often but like it every once in a while i'll i'll meet someone because of the band and it's um surprising to me that there are people that i don't know who are interested in it you know yeah yeah that has to be strange um going from like you were saying before such small quantities and basically like billy like you said it feels like you're just sharing it privately with your friends to then having people recognize people that you don't know recognize what you're doing right we were doing like 20 25 copies of stuff because we could only sell 15 copies <laughs> right. yeah so totally by coincidence i i'd come down earlier this week to bloomington from indianapolis to the omni show oh yeah uh-huh. and uh I, I texted jared and he's like oh, I had, he had something going on but uh so i was like well it'll be a typical tuesday night at the bishop show there'll be like like 40 people there but it was packed and i didn't really know what was going on but anyway i, I walked in and was sort of standing by someone i looked over and it was bill Rowe from trouble in mine who i recognized just from his his picture on facebook and i introduced myself to him and he was like oh so we started talking um this does have a point i was mentioning uh he started asking me about the small run honey radar stuff and i said yeah we were doing like 20 copies of things um and it would we would have copies for literally a year he just he he like started shaking his head. He was like, "That's maddening as a collector because apparently it's really, really difficult to just, find now." Yeah, I met Byron Coley a couple weeks ago. He did a poetry reading in Philly. Oh, cool! And he was like, like politely complaining. I guess he's paid like a hundred dollars for one of them the, on Discogs. Wow, that's crazy! Uh, not to air anybody's Discogs. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I maybe should have. And a FOIA request. For you. That's like more than budget for entire releases. There. Yeah, there. I mean, if anyone, I there's stuff. I mean, I'll do. I'll hang out with you for a hundred bucks if you want to. Like, How much are they I'll, paying you for this appearance? Yeah, 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 right. I'll uh, I'll clean your house. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think we're kind of running short on time. Jason, what's your favorite monkeys song? What are your favorite monkeys songs? Um, the four Nesmus songs on Birds, the Bees, and the Monkeys. Okay, I, I all have to pick Writing uh, Wrongs. It's like, you know, his Doors, Procol Harum, Organ Freak Out mm-hmm. uh, song. You know. All right. Um, is that a that's great good answer? That's very good. It's a great answer. Can I ask you uh, real quick what is coming up for Honey Radar? Sure. Um, we we're playing later this month with Dan Melkier and uh, Russ, who drums in the band, can't make it. So I think Mark Rice is going to be joining us. Local legend. Yeah. Um, and he um, he's played on recordings with Honey Radar and stuff, and um, one of my good friends. 
and then we're playing uh in october we just confirmed a show with x blank x which is uh john morton from the electric eels band um craig bell who plays in perubu now like cleveland legend dude so mm-hmm. i'm i'm really excited about that is it um okay i mentioned that we're playing together yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. um a couple of days before that on the second right yes october 2nd, it is yeah. october 2nd yeah. <laughs> Kung Fu necktie, um playing with a different group called rabbit us which is um me with basically all of the band telepathic so oh great we played a telepathic song earlier in the show great yeah i love them and it's uh marks in that group with uh, our friends rob and sarah they were with you in Indy last right. year, and they were great. Yeah, and I got their new their newest tape at the time, and I loved it. It's so good. Yeah, yeah. I listen to it frequently. How uh how the heck does someone buy a Honey Radar record if they want to? Um, our Bandcamp page is at honeyradar.com. Um, I'm trying to think of what the most recent thing is. Billy and I recorded a tribute uh, to Robert Quine that should be out on tape um, soon. Um, we have a split seven inch. Yeah. If are we allowed to? Yeah. Mention. Do you know <laughs> you, something you, about you, it? I don't know anything about are, it. You are. Yeah, actually, you are. I'm not. <laughs> We're not allowed to. Can I just talk about our FCC half regulations? Of <laughs> <laughs> <But> you're, <laughs> you can say anything as long as it's you're saying. You're the one saying it. We just can't be the one saying it. That's what the FCC says. We can't oh. self promote. Ah. See, well, so if you bring it up, then we can we can confirm and deny. That's fair. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. yeah. Um, I have a seven inch coming out with you. <laughs> um, and I'm looking forward to that. It's uh, co-released by Flannel Graph and Third Uncle Records. Yeah. What's next on Third Uncle Records? How do you buy Third Uncle Records? Um, thirduncle.com. Um, when does this air? This will be in September sometime. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, there's a bunch of stuff coming up. A lot happening in September. There's that split, Jason said. Um, I'm going to be doing the new telepathic record. Oh, great. Yeah, so that is, that's, has been cut to lacquer and is out getting plated now. Um, there are a couple of seven inches, band called Faults, uh, originally from North Carolina, now in Brooklyn. Um, a French band that I'm really excited about and, um, called Juju Jaguar. I think that's how it's pronounced. Um, There's a bunch of stuff, probably too much. Um, The big project is Birds of Avalon. I'm doing their their record, and we're currently hashing out artwork. So, yeah, there's there's probably too much happening right now, (laughs) honestly, for one person to be running. Real quick, can you guys mention the answering machine tape the companies? Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, so a few years ago I found this answering machine tape i i my our friend will ryerson taught me to always buy an answering machine tape if you see it in a thrift store or go to the answering machines and see if there are tapes and steal them or oh i never thought about that or but you know yeah so i did that for years and never found anything even remotely interesting until i found this tape um these two this couple maxine and walter and like i don't even know how to describe it this like kind of soap opera unfolds with all these really interesting characters over the the course of like the like 60 minute tape and um some of the voices ended up on our album blank cartoon um and we had this idea to just reissue the the answering machine (laughs) tape in its entirety and i i I don't know if it's cool to say they've been going out in some orders as a from third uncle is like a surprise for people and uh, and getting copies yeah i brought a bunch with me awesome so well dudes thanks a lot for coming and talking to us today i'm such a big fan of both yeah of uh (laughs) i'm such a big fan of both you guys and uh me too i'm happy to know you personally and uh yeah i'm glad this worked out me too thank you head to honeyradar.com and thirduncle.com and we'll be back with more unspoken requests right, right after this. After this.
You just heard Writing Wrongs by Michael Nesmith's The Monkees. And before that was Pan Music from Honey Radar. Uh, Michael Nesmith, of course, uh, famous for having a mother who invented whiteout. Liquid paper. I saw Michael Nesmith here in town like five years ago. I think I've told you this before, Mike. It's one of my favorite concert-going stories. <laughs> I was so excited. Mike Mike Nesmith is coming to town. I counted down the days on my calendar with my Sharpie. <laughs> and I was like, I'm going to go to the Buskirk Chumley Theater on opening, uh, right when the tickets go on sale, be first in line. I mean, I, I was the first in line. I was the only person in line. Right when they went on sale. Did you have your sleeping bag and your like little uh, yeah, sidewalk tent you were I camped did. out? <laughs> I had my cardboard cutout of Michael Nesmith uh, <laughs> propped up, and I would kiss him, kiss him goodnight as I slept the night before on mm-hmm. the sidewalk of Kirkwood. Anyways, and I was like, I was like, all right, I saved up. I'm gonna buy these fancy sixty-five dollar tickets for the f- best seats in the house, and they were front row center. That is the best. And I was like, See, everyone this is going to be the row best. This is the best seat in this entire theater. Front row center. I get there. I sit down. And I look up. And I realize. I just bought the only bad seat in the entire <laughs> place. <laughs> and why is that, Jared? Why, why is it I'm so glad bad? you asked. Because Michael Nesmith had an iPad on his mic stand that he used to, I don't know. Read the lyrics. Read the I, lyrics. Yeah. Well, well uh, just, you know, for guidance. Or surf case. the web when he got bored. Yeah. yeah. And I was seated perfectly so that when I look up that entire iPad, I was so close, the entire iPad was covering his entire face. <laughs> for two hours. For two hours. <laughs> Every once in a while, he'd walk around the stage a bit to, you know, say something to the, the bass man. But, uh... Yeah, that's my funny Mike Nesmith. Story. It was still a great show. What a lemon, a good time, you know? But it was really, really funny. Now that we, now that it's in the past, <laughs> I do love that story. Yeah. Hey, thanks a lot for tuning in to Unspoken Requests Number One. Uh, we're number one already. <laughs> yeah, we're at the top of the charts. Okay, great. We did it. We're at the top of the charts for the one a.m. to three a.m. time slot. Maybe we should make our own charts for like the best. Song like Casey's, oh, just what like we he, think like Casey's countdown. Like who decides it. that? Just Casey Kasem. We can decide the best songs of the week and chart them. We'll talk about this later okay. in, our, in our meeting. <laughs> Great. Thanks a lot to uh, Jason Hen and Billy Steins for s- stopping by and talking with us for a while. Um, yeah, we're gonna leave you with some more music, and we hope you will come back in about two weeks. We'll have another show for you. In the meantime, here is Range of Light Wilderness with Under Your Spell. <laughs>